Oh, it's good to be with you this morning. We are continuing on, uh, on the series that Sean has started on asking the question, who is Jesus? Uh, and uh, who, who is Jesus? How do we understand who Jesus is? How do we walk with him? Uh, how, how's this going to get done? Um, and I just so appreciate this series, Sean. It, it just, uh, it's just been a lot of fun to do that. Join with me in prayer uh, as we get started on this. Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to feel, and minds to think as we wrestle with the question, who are you? Guide us and guard us through this, this time, Lord. In your name, amen. Well, this passage uh, in, in, uh, in John is just chock full of stuff uh, and, and way too much stuff to cover in this brief time that I have with you. I'm used to speaking in 90-minute segments uh, because that's, that's the work that I do. Uh, so we're not going to do it this morning. <laughs> we're not going to come even close to that. Yeah, but uh, we are going to do a fair amount of, of diving deeply into this whole question of who is Jesus. Last week, uh, one of the things that Sean said was that we're in a world that's chaotic. Uh, and, and in this world, Jesus is walking with us trying to make sense of this because Jesus is cultivating something new in us. There's something new that's coming, and what are we going to choose? Um, how will we choose um, what to believe? Um, how are we going to make sense of all these, these things that we hear? And in the story of Lazarus, how do you make sense of a person being dead four days whose tissue is necrotic? Um, I mean, I, I, I know some of this stuff that should not be able to happen, you know? If you've had chicken sit out on your counter for a day, you know <laughs> the odor that comes along with that. And, and, and people are saying, wait a minute, four days he's been dead. Yeah. How do you make sense of that? How are you going to choose what you believe? And the answer to that question lies in our neurology. Um, so, uh, we sometimes say, I don't believe it. And that comes from the way that our, our bodies, our brains, have been designed. So, there's a, a guy named Daniel Siegel uh, who uh, has what he calls the hand model of the brain. And, uh, let me pull this up. So, <laughs> this is your spinal column, Okay. So um, all your sensory information comes in through here. So things that you touch uh, are going to come in here. And they go up into the bottom part of your brain, uh, where your brain stem is and your cerebellum. Uh, and that's, from an evolutionary psychology perspective, the oldest part of the brain. Okay? So this processes everything that comes into in your body. Have you ever had the willies? Have you ever had something go up your spine uh, and, and you go, ooh, you know? Uh, that's it, okay? <laughs> that, that's your body saying, something wicked this way comes. <laughs> and you're thinking, oh my goodness, what's happening here? 
So comes in, goes to the cerebellum where it gets processed, and then your limbic system, your emotional centers, is your thumb. Uh, and, and physically, it, it really does lay right on top of the cerebellum and the brainstem. Uh, and what this part of our brain does is it translates sensory input, what's called somatic input, um, into emotions. And emotions we can process, okay? We can think about them. And then the fingers up here, this is your cerebellum. Uh, that's the neocortex, the newer part of the brain. And that lays right on top here. And now, when everything is going well, you've got a really well-functioning brain. The difficulty is when something new comes in, comes up here, goes into your, uh, in the lower part of your brain, and the lower part of your brain says, whoa! And then your emotional center says, uh-oh, and now you might flip your lid. And this uh, disconnect between how you can think, how you can feel, and what your body wants to do, okay? And that's what's going on when, when people are trying to process, what am I going to do with this new information that I'm getting from... Uh, uh, from, from, from my world, okay? When we encounter these new things, our brains automatically process them as threats. We are wired neurologically to treat new things as potential threats. To think to ourselves, whoa, what is that? Is that true for you? That when there's new stuff introduced, uh, whether it's a, a new idea in a class or a new way of doing something that you're used to doing, you say, well, that's not going to work. Okay? And, and neurologically, we are programmed to treat new things that we've never encountered before as a threat. And when you think about it, that's, that's good. You know, because if you're a little kid and you're out in the woods with your, your parents and you wander away, you need to know that sounds coming through the bush um, are a potential threat and you better go find mommy and daddy. <laughs> yeah, now, um, you need to be ready um, to run or fight. That's the fight or flight system, Okay. And neurologically, our brains process these as threats. And now there's a conflict between our old and our new brains. Okay? Because the old brain is saying, danger, Will Robinson, danger. I'm really like, uh, like science fiction. Uh, and, and then the new part, of no, 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 it's going to be okay. All right? And for the people who are watching in last week's story, this blind man who's been blind from birth being healed, some of them said, oh, wait a minute, that can't be the same guy. He's, he can see now. No, it can't be. And others said, oh, yes, it can because it's a miracle. We know Jesus. He healed him. And there's that, that, that disconnect between the old and the new. It's the same disconnect 
that we find in this story because some people, when, when Lazarus, oh my goodness, some people said, whoa, praise God. And some people said, let's go to the Pharisees <laughs> because see, this can't happen. It is not right. Okay. Now, I, I, really, I really like stories, uh, and, uh, and stories are the way that I can take ideas like this and bring them to the forefront. So this is a picture of our brain and how our brains operate. So you've got uh, over on this side the brainstem, the cerebellum, uh, and uh, some older parts of the brain that are there, and everything comes up into the lower part of, of your brain right there. The stairway is your limbic system, and that connects the older parts of the brain and the newer parts of the brain. And, uh, and then the neocortex, that's where we do our thinking, our reasoning, our problem solving. We can plan for the future, okay? The lower part of the brain lives in today, <laughs> all right? Uh, and uh, there is no future here, baby. This is it. And the newer parts of our brain are able to process and reason and to think, no, there could be a new way of doing this. Yeah. And the emotional part of our brain, the stairway, is, is what tries to balance those two concepts. Okay? When there's conflict between things that we experience and things we want to think about, those conflicts are mediated in that stairway. Now, I've got a picture up there. This is uh, tunnel number two uh, on the Sparta-Elroy bicycle trail. It is, in my mind, the best bicycle trail in the world. Okay? <coughs> Years ago, um, I used to be like Nate, uh, and, uh, and I, I, I would bicycle everywhere. And my friend Chris and I, uh, we took off on a trip once from Iowa rode up into southern Minnesota, over to Wisconsin, and we're on this bicycle trail. It's a half-mile-long tunnel. And when you're in the middle of this tunnel, you literally cannot see the light at either end. Okay? Um, we're talking pitch dark. And in the middle of this tunnel, walking my bicycle, I hear this sound. Wait a minute. Now, my lower part of the brain says, Bob, you're in a train tunnel. That's a train whistle. Run! <laughs> my upper part of the brain says, Bob, you're in a train tunnel with no tracks. Okay? There can't be a train here. It is literally impossible for there to be a train here. So the lower part of my brain is going, and the upper part of my brain is going, it's going to be all right. Okay? What do you think I did? I ran! <laughs> okay? <laughs> my friend Chris, who had the train whistle. <laughs> True story. <laughs> he said, Bob, Bob, it's just me. <laughs> I wasn't the Mennonite then, so I hit him. <laughs> now... <sighs> That's an example of the kinds of things that happen inside of us all the time. Okay? We have these things happen to us 
that our lower parts of the brain process and our upper part of the brain says, don't worry about it. And the middle part of the brain says, and now tries to resolve that conflict. Okay, How are we going to, to deal with this? Yeah, what are we going to do? And it's that stairway, the health of the stairway, that is really, really important and critical to being able to live life in faith, um, to being able to process um, all these things that are happening to us and to think about who is Jesus, okay? Because if I, if I were... If I were only functioning in the upper part of my brain, I would say Jesus was a great moral teacher. Jesus um, was a great leader. He understood group dynamics. And I would discount any discussion about divinity, <laughs> you know, because, see, that just can't happen, okay? And if I were functioning totally in the lower part of my brain, I, I, would just, um, I, I, I would just be immersed in, in Jesusness, okay? And I might even go, go so far as to say, you know what? I've, I've got to follow all the rules that Jesus laid down. And I've got to be a rule keeper here because that's how we're going to get things done, okay? And it's, it's, that, it's that stairway, the middle part of our brain where these things get processed. And so the question is, what does your stairway look like? Now, I already said stairways are designed to be oversensitive to fear stimuli. So when there's things that are, are, are coming into your brain, your brain is going to process them as threats. Okay? And the only way that, that, that we can change that neurology is through relationships. The only way that we can get our brains to be less sensitive is to be with people with whom we feel totally safe. Okay? Now, little kids have to go through that process because infants, when they're born, they have this wonderful brain that's not wired together. Uh, and so it gets wired together through the process of interaction, okay? And when those interactions are with parents, uh, with caregivers, who are predictable, comfortable, consistent, safe, fun, <laughs> then, then slowly that stairway changes, Okay? And it becomes less and less sensitive to potential threats that are out there and more and more open to the new. And you're able to say to yourself, you know what, I can, I can process this. I can think about this in this way. Now, I grew up in an alcoholic, abusive household. Uh, and, and so my stairway is dark, <laughs> okay? I don't like being on this stairway, uh, I don't like talking about emotions, which is really a strange thing for a guy doing my work uh, because <laughs> that's where I got to be, okay? And, and I've had to be able to change my stairway into this. Now, I can't do that alone, okay? 
Uh, I literally can't do that alone. Okay? Stairways are built and they're rebuilt through relationship. Okay? That's, that's, that's how this gets done. Okay? And the relationships I had early in life built my first stairway, which is still in my brain, by the way. Um, and, and, and I've also got this second stairway. And in this second stairway, yeah, when there's things that happen and new conflicts, and, uh, I can process those. Not a problem. I can deal with this. It's going to be all right. Um, we, we, we rebuild through life experiences. We rebuild through opportunities to interact with people who are safe, um, who are comfortable, who are consistent, uh, who are able to walk through this, and I call that relational safety. Okay? Physical safety is important. Have you ever been someplace where you were physically safe and relationally unsafe? Yeah. Not a good place. <laughs> okay? But if you were someplace where you were relationally safe, could you handle more stress? Yeah. Okay? Relational safety is the most important form of safety that you and I can have. Okay? It really is. Because that's how these stairways change from those dark places to those light, beautiful places. And the question is, who's on your stairway? Who, who is on your stairway with you? Okay? And in, in, the, in, in, in the way of understanding the stories in John, the answer has to include Jesus, okay? Because if Jesus isn't on our stairway, then we're going to struggle with things that happen uh, that we can't understand, that we try to make sense of. Now, earlier, one of the songs that, that you let us in had the line, you are the one that our hearts always hunger for. Now, that's a great example of this kind of process because hunger is in the lower part of the brain, okay? And so when stuff comes up into our lives, it goes through the lower parts of our brain and it gets filtered by that. And so we use words like, you know, we hunger for. Uh, and then you are the one that our hearts, that's the, the limbic system, that's the stairway, that's the emotional center of our brain. Um, yeah. We need to have a relationship that fulfills what our hearts always hunger for. Um, and and we, we in our culture really have a hard time with that because, see, the heart is just an organ. You know, it just pumps blood, okay? I know that. Um, in a sense, I know way too much stuff. And in order for me to really be able to, to, to figure this stuff out, I need to approach Jesus like a child. I need to, 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 to process in a different way. Because if I process in a purely intellectual way, I'll become an atheist, which I was for a couple of years. <laughs> uh, I'm going to end up in a different place. Okay? I need to have Jesus on my stairway. But, um, where's Jesus? Can I see him? 
feel him, listen, no, okay? I need you, okay? I need people in my life who can be Jesus for me, um, who can walk with me um, during this time of struggle. And I have been so blessed um, with, uh, with you. Yeah. Ooh. See, I, I hate emotions <laughs> because they make me cry. <laughs> I don't like that, okay? Um, I've, been, I've been so blessed um, by you, okay? Uh, because, see, you're on my stairway. And when I need you, you're there, <laughs> you know? Uh, and uh, that, that's just, yeah. Who's on your stairway with you, okay? Um, how are we going to make sense of a story like Lazarus, okay? Now imagine this. You are in Bethany, okay? You're all Jews, yeah, and, and you've been raised uh, in the Jewish faith, and you know the Jewish faith. And some of you also have encountered Mary and Martha and Lazarus and Jesus. And you've begun to know Jesus. And then Lazarus dies. And, 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 and Jesus comes four days later. And then uh, he gathers the crowd. Everybody goes there. Jesus says, roll that, that stone away. And someone says, it's going to smell. Been four days. Um, and, uh, and Jesus says, trust me. Okay? Roll that stone away. And then in a big voice, Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. How are we going to make sense of this? Okay. How do we believe this? How can we trust our own eyes? There's no smell. I mean, everything I know in my upstairs brain about what should and shouldn't be possible uh, is absolutely threatened by... Lazarus, okay? Lazarus threatens everything we know up here, okay? Um, and what we need to do is to be able to connect all three parts of our brain together because, see, we are, we are, we are challenged by Paul in Romans to have our minds transformed, because Jesus had the same brain you and I have, and, and it was somehow integrated in a way that you and I struggle with. We haven't been able to integrate um, our neurology in the way that God initially designed it to, to, to be before the fall, okay? Because our neurology has fallen. It's not, it's not the neurology of Jesus in his risen body.
Okay. Asking the question, how, how am I going to make sense of this story, means that I need to be able to get past the question of faith and reason and understand that our culture says you got to choose one or the other. Because, see, our neurology is a dichotomous neurology. It goes one or the other. You can't have both things be right. Is it nature or nurture? Well, both, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, and, and you're going to find all kinds of things written in all kinds of journals trying to tell you that there is just one of those, okay? We have a really hard time integrating and what we, we need to do is, is to understand that if Jesus is on this stairway with me, if you are on this stairway with me, then it can be both. It can be faith and reason. Okay? Because one of those, faith or reason, is at best a bunker and at worst, a jail cell, okay? The way to freedom, the path to freedom, is by being able to integrate both of them so that we're able to be people of faith and reason, so that we're able to, to, to let Jesus be who our hearts always hunger for. Amen.